Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, to get 20, 20, 20, to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Support WrestleTalk. Give us a subscribe. Hey everybody, I'm John Cena. Hey, it's professional wrestler Colt Boom Boom Cabana. Hey, I'm Double J Jeff here. This is Rich Swan, Matt Riddle, the King of Rose. Support Wrestle Talk. Support Wrestle Talk. Support Wrestle Talk. Do it, bro. Support Ollie. Support Luke. Support Wrestle Talk. Support Wrestle Talk. Home of Luke Owen. Whatever Wrestle Talk is, and whoever Luke Owen is, both the Ravens. Nevermore. Wrestle Talk. Hello and welcome to the Wrestle Talk podcast. I am Ollie Davis and I'm joined by Lou Gowen. Hello, Swaff Nation, and a hello to you, Oliver Davis. Topless on the hottest day of the year. How the devil are you? You didn't have to mention my state of undress. But yes, it's quite warm here. I thought I'll help a brother out this morning. I recommended a particular fresh ball cream. <laughs> To the group on our <laughs> no. morning 11 a.m. call. I no, said, what, hey, you, hey. what you recommended was porridge. What I said was, hey, talc powder, talc powder is dangerous for you, right? It's been proven to cause cancer or something, I think. But like in a way that actually causes cancer, not in the way that everything causes cancer. And there are alternatives. And one of those alternatives to absorb any moisture coming off your body is oats. Yes. So what Ollie suggested to us all this morning, our boss, our mentor, our best friend, was to put porridge down our ball sacks. It was in not order to that. It was. And so he then said maybe put some fresh berries in there as well, a bit of jam, some honey. Jam that jam. Jam <laughs> that jam. I did not say anything of the sort. There is a, a really good product. Manscapes one's also very good. Uh, but I, I got this actually years ago before I'm still on the same bottle uh, <laughs> before we got the Manscaped gig. And it's called Fresh Balls. And yeah, it's it's like a sort of moisture absorbing deodorant thing for, for down there. Mm-hmm. And it works remarkably well. I, once I've finished it, I will get on to the non-oat-based Manscaped one. Isn't it amazing that since Manscaped you know, rose into popularity, the amount of podcasts that are talking about ball health has just like exponentially grown. Like even to the point where we're not even sponsored by Manscaped on today's podcast. And yet we've talked about it so much and we're just constantly talking about balls when some people listen to this when they're eating. Well, I think it's because 
you know, and I'm I'm being genuinely sincere. I think that the the whole manscaped revolution is a good thing. Yeah, <laughs> and that we can we can openly talk. I would never talk about how smelly my balls were. Before. <laughs> <laughs> I never said that to anyone. But now I can say I'm, I'm I can I can talk about how I haven't got smelly balls because I essentially had sex with a bowl of porridge this morning. <laughs> And on that ball shell, uh, let's jump <laughs> into the AEW review. Packed old show this week as we head into Butterfest. Butterfest. However, there is also some big news because potentially the main event's in trouble. But here is the show. And let's open talking about John Moxley. He wasn't on this episode. I believe he was meant to have a segment with Brian Cage and Taz to build to the big championship match for Fighter Fest, which is one of AEW's sort of interim pay-per-views, like we had uh, well, it was meant to be Blood and Guts before. Before then, we had Bash the Bash at the, the Beach shows. So outside of like the Double or Nothings or the All All Outs, those big shows, we've got these like two-week mini pay-per-views on tv and this was going to be the biggest match but looking at the situation that's developed i i don't know if moxie is going to be able to do it yeah so uh moxley pulled himself from this show um aew had also uh stopped qt marshall and several of his trainees anna jay was one of those as well from also going to the show because uh, qt marshall quarantine marshall we could call him now um was meant to be in the match it was meant to be him and dustin versus ftr but uh, yeah, QT Marshall, uh, he interacted with someone outside of the rest, like outside of AEW that did have um, COVID-19. So Tony Khan made the decision not to have him come here. And yeah, Moxley obviously lives with Renee Young, who has been tested positively for coronavirus, not from WWE's testing, from her own independence test that she got. Um, and so he made the decision not to go to the show. According to Meltzer, um, Moxley's not feeling sick, and it was suggested to him by several people that he go to a hotel, essentially like isolate himself away from Renee Young, not be in the same house, sir, go to a hotel, stay somewhere else. Uh, however, he didn't feel that that was a particularly safe thing to do either, because if he has got coronavirus from being with Renee Young, the last thing you need to do is leave the house, go to a hotel, possibly interact with other people and spread it. So he made the decision to stay in the house where, yeah, he may, he's not feeling sick, but he may catch it at some point, but at least he's not going out and spreading it around, which is a very, very sensible thing to do for, from Moxley, a, a really a championship effort from him. Um, they are in different just, just to jump in also, I wouldn't leave my my partner or my wife at that yes. time either. There, there are things more yeah. important than wrestling. Yes. Um, so Dave said, um, AEW is hoping that because they're testing everyone, they can fly people in for Fighter Fest. Uh, he continues, I don't know how that's going to work out. Everything is to be determined. AEW is supposed to tape Wednesday and Thursday next week. The Florida order, which is you know about people possibly going into lockdown, uh, is going to go into effect today. So WWE's taping schedule is also effective. I don't know what's going to happen to be there. And later on, he said that John Moxley's quote was, Fighter Fest is not the first thing on his mind. There's no answer 
to Fighter Fest. And Alvarez points out that he'll need to be quarantined for two weeks. Quote, he'll never make it to Fighter Fest. Dave calls it a bad situation. And, you know, and like, Dave talks about how, like, Fighter Fest at this point might not happen. If they've got to take next week, and if there is a lockdown order that means that people can't be doing these sorts of things, the show may not get taped at all. Um, and says that if it does happen, the mask should be mandatory for those that are in the crowd. Apparently, this is interesting. WWE have also been told this as well, that if you have got an audience, their mask should be mandatory. However, WWE don't believe that rule applies to them uh, as they're in a private facility. It's it's such a frustrating sequence of events because everyone could have seen this coming. Everyone said it at the time, and we were very critical of WWE. We took a lot of heat for when we said the same criticism towards AEW. And yes, I know this, weirdly, it seems like this could have been a WWE thing with Renee Young picking up whatever uh, in WWE at the Performance Center, along with PW Insider saying uh, maybe two dozen other people, that's 24 other people testing positive. Yes, Luke. We've actually got two more names confirmed of those. Really? Yeah, uh, Andy, Randy, Andy Datsun dropped into my notes to let me know. Uh, both Kayla Braxton and Adam Pierce have been conf- uh, have confirmed that they have COVID. And for Kayla, that's the second time. She also had it back in March. Wow, I haven't heard of anyone getting it twice yet. No, neither have I. That's worrying. Um, for, for sort of humanity as as well as as kayla uh so that sounds like a smackdown thing you know renee was on the show with uh aj styles last week on friday for the intercontinental championship ceremony and adam pierce is a smackdown producer um but anyway like yeah that's that's come to john moxley qt marshall thankfully no one has tested positive at aew because i was reading an interview tony shivani did that they you essentially turn up you have your temperature taken, and once that's clear, you get a, a little like yellow stripe to put on your jacket, and then you get a coronavirus test, and once that's okay, you get a blue stripe. And once you've got both stripes, you're allowed inside, and everyone can see that everyone's been tested. And hopefully, that's the safest way to do it. I still don't think it, it even with all those precautions, like we said a couple of months ago, even AEW, I still don't think it's the safest way to do things. There are still measures you can take. You can socially distance in the crowd. They can wear masks. JR and Jake the Snake Roberts should be nowhere near this sort of stuff now. They should be at home because they're very, very at risk with serious health problems and their age compounding that fact. And also batch tape stuff. This this whole like fortnightly thing revolving taping, that's that's good for a TV content perspective. But man, why can't you do the six week thing that you did in QT Marshall's gym? Maybe not QT's now for obvious reasons, but batch tape a month, six weeks worth. It's safer that way because then you you first of all, people can be protected more. There's less travel. There's less chance of contracting the virus. And also if the government does just lock everything down again because it is spiraling out of control, then you've got stuff in the bank. Exactly, which is, you know, leads us on to this fighter fest situation where it might not happen now, which will be the second like you know, the blood and guts obviously got cancelled this year because of us going into lockdown, you know, around the world going into lockdown. And because they are doing this two-week taping schedule we're now in a situation where we might not be able to get Fighter Fest as planned next week because they might not be able to get back into the building to tape anything. And the advertised match they've got of Moxley versus Brian Cage possibly can't happen 
because as you know, Alvarez said, he's got a quarantine for two weeks. They don't need to take the match next Thursday. So that that's not that's not two weeks. That's you know, it's eight days. So what we were talking about it this morning, and Louis said, well, maybe there's a timing version of this where it's Fighter Fest is taped on Wednesday with everyone but Moxley, but because Moxley and Brian Cage is the second week, mm-hmm. then oh, but even then it wouldn't work, would it? The two weeks is still like he, he couldn't fly in just him and Cage to do an empty arena match like he did with Hager before. Um, funny enough, uh, the week after, because that would still be in the two week quarantine zone. Yes. Even from today, like even if Moxley said right now, OK, I'm not going to be with my wife, which is, you know, just the, the such a horrible thing to demand of, of someone for a job uh, <laughs> and start self quarantining them themselves. They still won't make that match. So yeah, I think I think Fighter Fest definitely won't have an AEW title match on. Yeah, I was gonna say we will certainly know for sure by next week. Like, I mean, we will we'll, we'll certainly know if they're allowed to tape or not in the next couple of days. But it'll be interesting to see on next week's show whether or not they address the fact that Moxley can't make it for the side of the fence and perhaps use that as a storyline reason for for Cage and Taz to be even more pissed off than they already make Taz more miserable than he already is. Uh, that they're not getting their their championship match because you know Taz in storyline wise in his kayfabe world is saying that he's staying home for a BS excuse. So at least you kind of already sown some seeds that you could play off as a storyline down the, down the road. But yeah, like it's, I think at this rate, it's highly unlikely that we're going to get Moxley versus cage at fighter fest. Yeah, totally agree. Uh, the, yeah, I think AEW just by the way they've behaved through multiple things, not just coronavirus, not just speaking out, but just in generally, I think they would make an announcement and be totally transparent as soon as they can. So I don't think we'll have to wait until next Wednesday to find out. I think they'll make a decision in the next couple of days and tweet it out as a public statement shortly thereafter. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I, that, that is, you know, from, from a wrestling storyline perspective, that is a nice bit of fuel because, the, yeah, Brian Cage had this really good squash match on this show. Originally, he was meant to have some form of interaction with Moxley, but of course, those plans changed. And he destroyed, absolutely squashed, uh, what was his name? Something Cruz. You know, I did, the, the two squash matches we had on this show were so short, we didn't even get name graphics for the people <laughs> they were squashing. So I didn't get down who, who Hikaru Shida squashed either. Well, she crossed, uh, she, she squashed Red Velvet. Hmm. To red velvet yeah because i thought like that's my favorite cake one of my favorite cakes <laughs> <laughs> and uh brian cage squashed john cruz with this really cool power bomb off the stage entrance ramp thing into the ring looked awesome but afterwards taz uh came down cut the promo into the camera like he said saying mox is sitting at home with some bull s word excuse so maybe you can they can use that more as a storyline element I think uh, and so, make yeah. it an even bigger match post Fighter Fest because there is no way it is happening in the next fortnight. I was going to say, and that that week two of Fighter Fest is really built around that Moxley Cage match because all the other titles are on the line in week one. 
the TNT title, the women's and the tags, which is the, I believe the main event that's week one. And it's only the AEW championship that's on the line in week two. The rest of the night is Joey Janela versus Lance Archer. Nyla Rose is having a match. Like that's one of the things announced SU versus dark order, six man tag with the dark order being uh, Brody Lee, Grayson and Cole Cabana. Cassidy versus Jericho, the Bucks and FTR versus Butcher and Blade and Lucha Brothers, and then the world title match. So thankfully, like Jericho and Cassidy will, can probably be the main event of that show because that's, I mean, AEW are so hard in on that match at the moment. And you've got the Bucks and FTR uh, eight-man tag as well. So you have got stuff on the shows. It's two very packed weeks. But your championship match that you would have hopefully ended the night on may not happen anymore. One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two year contracts, they said, What the f? Are you talking about you insane Hollywood ass? So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com/switch. $45 up front for 3 months plus taxes and fees. Promo for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. So before we get on with the rest of your super chats, let's get to $25 a month or more pledge hammers on Patreon. You can become a pledge hammer on Patreon if you go over to our Patreon page and sign up or you'll get exclusive podcasts. You'll get shout outs. You get to compete against us in Wrestle League, which is our fancy predictions league. So much more. So thank you, Andy T-Rex Reed. Yes, thank you very much. Peter Fiber Branotas. Thank you. Magnetic Field. Thank you very much for all your mod work as well. Ken, I'm not eligible for a case of craft beer. De Leon. One day, my friend. Jonathan, the headmaster headman. We heard Thank from you. him in the podcast. We did indeed. Uh, please, sir, can I have some more Domnal Beggs? He's begging. Chris Hellfire Brimstone. Wow, what a name. He's a sexy man, not an Andrew Gross man. Very nice. Oh, 
manipulating Manny Umeria. Ooh, lovely. Probably better than Kyle Philip O'Reilly. Unlikely, we're we're going to have words. He's not. Uh, get the Guinness in. It's Dylan from Cork. There yeah. it is. Thanks, Dylan. <laughs> and lastly, another good friend of this show, Xander Mania running wild. Thank you yes, all so much. Yes, he is. Thank you, Xander Mania. Well, let's go through your super chats to see what you guys think. Get them in all throughout the show. We will answer every single one of them from Dylan from Cork. Hey, Dylan. Ah, buddy, I see him everywhere now. He's always up in the YouTube comments. I'm like, hey, Dylan, what's your <laughs> opinion on this? Uh, great episode this week. Best wishes to Mox and Renee. We should also echo that. I don't think once in this entire 12 minutes we've done so far, we once said, I hope they're okay. Yeah, I was going to say, of yeah. Course, hopefully goes without saying. That's what I was going to say, yes. Like, I hope it goes without <laughs> saying. They're not sitting here going like, God, I'm glad they got it. No, 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 obviously. Yeah. Best wishes I'm not getting my title match. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, best wishes uh, to them in a speedy recovery. Yeah. Uh, OC is terrific. I imagine he means Orange Cassidy rather than... Uh, the the club uh luchasaurus will be world champion one day mm. definitely tnt champion i can see jericho could feud with a broomstick and still make it the best angle in wrestling i mean i've just finished watching the second series of what we do in the shadows which is effing terrific it is such <laughs> a great great show and uh yeah the episode with uh witches uh which comes towards the end which features a cameo from oh man what was her name from the great british bake-off uh the goth girl from great british bake-off that um noel really likes really yeah yeah she has a cameo appearance in the show no way yeah how bizarre um, yeah <laughs> she came up and i was like isn't that Helena from Great British Bake Off. My wife's like, there's no way it is. And I went on to Twitter and I was like, it is. Look, there's her posing with the cast. Amazing. Uh, Josh De Dominics, Janella and Sunny might be my favorite team in AEW. Hmm. I so mean, I, I, I really like them. So many good teams in AEW, though. Like when Lucha Brothers came back, I was like, oh, God, I've missed them. Oh, I've missed them. And Nick Corvello for now, uh, with a very generous super chat. Thank you very much. Incredibly I generous. think AEW have been watching you because the Sheeda Ford segment was exactly what the feud needed. It was so cool that not only did Sheeda squash Red Velvet, but then immediately slid out and, bra and brawled with Ford. Love Sabian getting punched. 10 out of 10 segments. Do you know the only thing I would have really liked to, to really cement this feud is a promo from Ford. Like, like Ford and Sabian cutting a promo about how she is going to win the title because really like this feud has been two segments. It has been Ford pinning her in the tag match and this because last week Ford was just at ringside for the tag match and didn't feel like the, 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 the title contender. So actually I think Ford cutting a promo would have been the one thing that this feud really needed to have just cemented it. But I, I mean, I can't disagree with Nick. I'm just, I'm, at least they got something. They got a, a storyline. <laughs> Um, I'll just do this last one from Josh to Dominic's as well. AEW need to move tapings up north and out of Florida. Well, I, I think believe they're doing it here because Tony Khan owns the building, right? Because it's Staley's place and it's Jacksonville and the the Jaguars and stuff like that. So I think I'm I'm going to assume that's why they're doing it there. I don't know if uh, the Khan family have any buildings up north. 
Well, also, there's that, yeah, and Florida has very lax rules. They have done from the start, which is why every sort of, and anyone who wants to run a business uh, unwisely during this time seems to have gone over to Florida. Uh, and isn't it, I feel isn't like it... I've never seen so much from Florida than over the last couple of years with like the good place always making fun of Florida. Now yeah. AEW's over there when Brooklyn Nine-Nine does the witness protection storyline in Florida. It seems like the joke of of America. Yeah. And I was going to say that Brooklyn Nine-Nine uh, sort of mini uh, film that they did out in Florida was basically just to dunk on Florida for, for a few <laughs> weeks as, as to being a rubbish place. Um but yeah, I mean, it's also, correct me if I'm wrong on this, you're the newsman, you might be able to correct me on this. In Florida, wrestling is an essential business, or is that in America, comma, brackets general, or is it just in Florida that it's an essential business? I believe it was just in Florida. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Maybe that's why. Tomorrow sees the return of the Wrestle Talk podcast magazine show with our new feature that we're doing, Weekly Special Guest Correspondence. And I can now confirm that this week's special guest is Alex, Queen of the Ring. Clap, 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 clap. Former Quizzlemania champion at Queen of the Ring will be joining me tomorrow for the WrestleTalk magazine show that we do on a Friday, uh, where we're going to be talking about SummerSlam plans uh, from an exclusive Louis Dangor report, which we're very excited to talk about. <laughs> so yes, so that'll be available tomorrow. And let's do the play-by-play of AEW, which started off this episode with Luchasaurus versus Wardlow. A match that I didn't get into for the first half, just because it was a lumberjack match. And I just read about WWE having loads of coronavirus cases, testing positive. And here's just, not just people in the crowd, but loads of people around the ring as well. That's the other thing we should really mention about this show is that there there was loads of people there today because they also had people up in the stands, like mm. during the the Cassidy Jericho brawl to to end the show. There were lots of people there on this show. The, I think I sort of like internally rationalized. I I sort of like I I couldn't get angry about it because I was like you know they are doing testing, they're doing everything that they can. But it's only really in hindsight that I was like oh, actually yeah that that did seem a bit. I mean, I know they're testing and everything, but still seems pretty inappropriate to be doing that at this point. Um, but yeah, but you know, like it was a fun match, and really, it was just there for the big spots at the end because they brawled up onto the stage, um, and Wardlow threw Brandon Cutler uh, into the lumberjacks they could catch him. Then he picked up uh, Marco Stunt and threw him so high into the air for the, uh, and then for the you know lumberjacks to catch him. Then Brian. Brian Cage, Luchasaurus uh, kicked Wardlow off the stage and then did a shooting star press off the stage onto everyone. I think uh, uh, Sean Ross Sapp tweeted out, it's like, at some point you just stop catching people. Like you would just stop <laughs> getting up and catching people. Um, but yeah, so like it was all there for those sort of big uh, spectacular moments at the end. And uh, Luchasaurus had the match won uh, at one point, but MJF caused a distraction. F10 by Wardlow for the win. Really, really enjoyed that match. And they announced afterwards it's going to be MJF and Wardlow versus Jurassic Express on the first night of Fighter Fest. Love the way how they're continuing that Jungle Boy MJF eternal feud, but still keeping it fresh. You know, and another company would have just done that singles match again. 
Yeah, uh, but I, I, I did really enjoy this match by the end. And Wardlow's fantastic. He is so good. And just when you think, ah, oh, okay, I've got you down. You're really good at being this kind of character. He busted out a really good Hurricanrana. Yeah, in right. A, in a sequence, I was like, what? And the, <laughs> You've got that in your arsenal. And that's like, bar- I think that's the, sorry, that's the mark of like a really good big man where he doesn't do all the flippy stuff all the time. But he, he like he just puts in enough spots to make you remember it. And Luchasaurus, I mean, I I would love him to be a future world champion one day. I don't like what he is right now, the way he's presented. I, I don't think he is. But man, he is. He could lead this mid card quite easily. I I, yeah. I I love his style. I love his look. He's he's so physically impressive. That shooting star. It was a. It, it didn't get much height. Oh no, it was all downward. Like you, ha- you have to do it off a really high stage because you've got so much more room to to complete the maneuver. Same with the uh, the one man Spanish fly. Not the smoothest one man Spanish fly I've ever seen, but still, you know, for a lad of his size, about eight foot tall, like it was really, really cool to see. And I, you're right. I think the Wardlow nails it as being the big man of just knowing when to do those moves. You don't do it all the time. You do it when it's needed. Did you see my suggestion for what Luchasaurus should call the shooting star? Uh, I did, yes. Um, because I believe I saw a comment as well that said he could follow it up with a meteora. Yeah, he said, call it the extinction event. Shooting star, dinosaurs. <laughs> it's tenuous. What? Yeah, yeah. It, it's, it's not it, tenuous, man. It is pretty tenuous, man. Because, like, when you when you ask, like, what killed the dinosaurs, no one says a shooting star. What they say a was shooting a shooting star meteor. is a meteor. I know, but that's what I'm saying. Like, but no one ever says a shooting star killed the dinosaurs. They say a meteorite killed the dinosaurs, unless you're Arnold Schwarzenegger, in which case the answer is the Ice Age. Like, <laughs> so it only works if so. If your answer was always going to be like, if you just started saying from now on that a shooting star killed the dinosaurs, then Maybe I can hear your argument. Oh, sorry. Uh, Luke's, <laughs> Luke's experiencing technical issues. Uh, let me add him back in. Oh, sorry there, mate. What was, what was uh, happening? All, well, now we're on the wrong side. <laughs> oh. <laughs> it's a bit of Sorry, fun. I won't do that anymore. I disagree with you, though. That was my way of saying I disagree with you <laughs> disagreeing with me. <laughs> Um, then we got a, a really cool one of those video packages where Taz just talks about the sort of science and phys- physiology behind wrestling moves. I love it. And it's even better now because it's his guy. So like it feels now like he's like he's emphasizing it even more because it's his guy that's doing the move. The fast twitch muscle fibers. <laughs> it, I think it's like it is a bit kind of uh, reverse the polarity. You know, sort of this nonsense <laughs> talk. I really enjoy it. It sounds like the sort of thing that would have been written on like muscle supplements that you would have bought from not the UK where they're not regulated. And you would have told me, yeah, no, you have to take these sorts of things because they're banned in the UK because they don't want us to have them. And it's shaped like a rocket. <laughs> but the bottle is shaped like a rocket. Well, you've already got my money. Yeah. I can't not buy this. <laughs> uh, after that, we have Britt Baker. She's in the crowd again with her Rolls Royce still giving notes to Tony Schiavone, this time with a plexiglass shield around her she's and the a cocktail. Person. She's the most protected <laughs> yeah. person in AEW. <laughs> well, she's she's injured. Well, yeah, absolutely. But now she's also shielding herself away, even when people are being tested. 
Uh, so that will pay off later in the show. Re- again, just brilliant usage of Brit, not overexposing her. Really well done. We got the Sheeda Red Velvet squash that we've already spoken about. This was really, really solid. Um, Sheeda comes out. She just starts jaw jacking with Penelope Ford right from the get go. And it's like the match is the secondary thing. So she's like, yeah. okay, I've got to wrestle this match. Gets in the ring, bell rings, knee. Falcon Arrow, one, two, three, back out to deal with Ford. She looked badass. It was so wicked. And like uh, Kip Sabian's glasses, one of the lenses being popped out. It was it was awesome. Really, really cool angle. Yeah, like uh, like Nick said in our Super Chats, I thought it was not a home run segment as a go home. And it's, it's just a shame that, you know, this is like, it's one segment in, in sort of the four shows that they've had to build this. I suppose we should talk about um, Super Bad Death Squad. Because Kip's there. Kip was having a nice little mid-card run, really, with Jimmy Havoc. But now Jimmy is suspended um, mm-hmm. in rehab for allegations that have come out as part of hashtag speaking out. So, yeah, I mean, of course, there are, there's a lot of unfortunate things in as part of this. But one of them, a very, a very sort of superficial one, is Kip's, Kip's push. All, all that good work has kind of been undone. Yeah, but you know, I, I think they they still kind of wanted to push him as a singles guy anyway. Like that, they had him in the TNT title tournament, so you can just move him back out into that singles division again uh, and just slot him back into that position. But you know, him being the second to Penelope Ford going into her match with Sheeta is also some really good. Like he can provide some good heel shenanigans on the outside during the match. Yeah. Uh, after that, I got that there was a segment that is so Cody Rhodes, and yeah. I loved it. It's it's a shame because this would have been even better without the constraints of coronavirus. But it's Cody surrounded by the Nightmare family. Well, that like Dustin and Brandy wasn't there. Weirdly, uh, she was in a she sort of press conference. She was, was she? she? I thought she was. I thought it was him, Arn, and Brandy uh, with Dustin, Ali, and two other lads. I thought Brandy was. Yeah, there, there were two other lads. Oh, maybe weirdly, just didn't write her down. Um, but it was yeah, it was sort of done like a proper ufc press conference thing not a weigh-in just a press conference and an adjudicator sort of took questions from the crowd did you notice that one question was from pro wrestling illustrated i did and the second question was from pwi yeah (laughs) it's the same it's the same place just getting confirmed brandy was there um thank you chat um yeah and it what this needed was like you know a, a melter because you could have had it on a tv screen almost like the uh the, the the daily briefings that we were getting in this country before the government mm. was just like you're on your own now we've done we've done little as possible we've done everything we can they jumped the shark though it's oh, it so bad after uh, after when when they wrote the main character out with coronavirus for a bit i thought i'd jump the shark to be honest, like, those daily briefings were uh, in those first, like that first week of lockdown, when we all thought it was only going to last for two weeks. You know, Joe Wick said, I'm going to do a PE session with you every single day. And then like six weeks, is like, I made such an error by saying I was going to do this every single day. Uh, but, anyway, <laughs> but yeah, like I think a TV screen with like press people calling in might have given this a bit more of a, an atmosphere to it, as opposed to, as you say, them taking the same question, two questions from the same place, but with a different name. But it was, I thought Arn cut a great promo about Hager being like, he didn't, you know, 
he didn't really think Cody was like not ready for it, but you know, he came back with this big throbbing vein in his neck. And that's when he knew that Cody would be ready. And Cody talked about, I may be the American nightmare, but I do believe in the American dream of Ricky Starks getting his job uh, now in AEW. Uh, and then Hager's not there for the press conference. And uh, he walks in with his wife just to get the photos. Not interested in the chat, just wanted to get the photos done. And then he, uh, his wife throws water in Cody's face. Yeah, I really like the way, because you see it all the time as sort of UFC or boxing psych-out tactics, is Jake and Cody are standing next to each other, but still with the podium between them for that, that photo op. And Jake just puts his fist up to Cody's chin. Yeah. And it was just such a, a nice bit of, 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 of realism. And I, yeah, I really, I really, really thought this was good. It was such a different way to build a wrestling match. I yeah, I was very, very appreciative of it. Yeah, I really enjoyed it as well. But as you said, very Cody. It was a very, mm. very Cody segment. Uh, after that, we got the next chapter of the Sonny Kiss and Joey Janela relationship, which was awesome. So last week, Janela's like despondent. He's in a bar and Sonny Kiss picks him up in a car and they, they drive off. This episode, they go to a gas station and Joey Janela goes in to get some crisps and some drinks and stuff. He comes out and Sonny Kiss has been attacked by a group of guys. And Joey Janela's like, F that. And Sonny Kiss and him work together in a really cool tag team way. It's kind of in a slow motion Zack Snyder action scene way to fight these attackers off. I thought it was terrific. Yeah, I thought your uh, comments of it being Zack Snyder-like was absolutely spot on, only it was, um, you know, you could tell what was going on, which is not not, not always the case with Zack Snyder movies. With the brightness turned up. Yeah, it, that, yeah, a much better way, because Zack Snyder movies are mostly terrible. Um, I watched a bit of Justice League <laughs> at the weekend. <laughs> you know, it was a, I'm sure we're all, it was a rough weekend. Stuff was coming out about everyone... And it was just it was just awful, awful to unfold in real time. And I couldn't take my mind off of it. And I turned on Justice League as a way to get my head out of it. And I had Justice League is so bad. It didn't even do that. Yeah. Turn it off after half an hour. It made me too angry. I, I was at the press screening for Justice League and I remember there being that sort of like a giggling ripple that went through when that first bit was Superman where he's clearly oh got the, the, the fake God. mouth and there's that kid that's just like, Superman, what is it like to be? And I was like, oh dear, what is this movie? Uh, you didn't even make it for the, the Red Sky ending that they, they did, which was all like, it, it looked like it, it obviously all done on green screen but was unfinished. <laughs> like, they'd submit it be like, oh, we've actually got like another three weeks worth of effects that we need to do another three passes. But they were like, nah, I think this is probably good to go. I will just release it now. I just like to pretend it never happened. Yeah. That's what I do. I just genuinely <laughs> pretend it didn't happen. Uh, after that, which, you know, sometimes you get these really cool vignettes and you don't get to see the tag team in action until at the end of that four month run, four month, four week run of vignettes. So I really liked Next. We got them in action. Yeah. Uh, it was Sonny Kiss and Joey Janela up against Colt Cabana and Brody Lee, which was off of the back of last week's angle where the Dark Order offered Cabana a contract, a tag. Cabana had this excellent character reasoning like, well, I'm not going to join the Dark Order, but this this is a good way for me to get a win. And having two storylines sort of come at a collision point like this, you've got the new act of Janela and Kiss 
and whatever's going on with Cabana and the Dark Order made this really, really investing because usually you go, well, the team with the storyline is going to win. But both teams had storyline. I thought this was terrific stuff. Really, really liked this. And I thought the match was very smart as well because it was there to show off how good Janela and Kiss are as a tag team. And they are really good. They've got some really yeah. wicked like, tag team maneuvers, work very smoothly together, but also had the smarts as well, which was keep Brody out the match as, as much as possible. Every time Brody Lee gets up onto the apron, boom, kick him off. Every time he gets up, boom, get him down. Focusing on Colt Cabana, who in this sort of storyline world is the loser of this team. That's why he's currently with Brody Lee. So I thought it was a really, really smart match. And then the end of it was awesome, where Brody Lee just kills Sonny Kiss with this boot on the outside, gets in and hits the discus lariat on Joey Janela and just offers it up because he's not the legal man, so he can't get the pin anyway, but offers it up to Colt Cabana. Cabana just sort of looks around and he gets the pin and then is celebrating. But in that, he's brilliant selling of this. He's celebrating. was like, but also I'm celebrating with the baddies. And there were other a couple of moments in this match as well where Alex um, and uh, Reynolds on the outside were interfering that Colt didn't see. And that was actually helping Colt get some offense in. But in Colt's mind, because he didn't see that the interference was coming in from Reynolds and Silver, in his mind, it's like, oh, I'm, actually, I'm, I'm doing good now. I thought it was a really, really clever tag match. I really liked it. Yeah, Cabana's acting is is really really good here. I'm I'm really enjoying all of all of the respective people's storylines. Uh, the Dark Order walk off, and then Lance Archer pops up and destroys Sunny Kiss, and then beats up Joey Janela, even though Janela had a chair, and that sets up Janela versus Archer for. Fighter Fest. Yes, uh, and Jake had to pull the Murder Hawk back because no one can stop him. He's a big unstoppable mm. dude. So apparently this was set up on on uh, Dark. Well, this was set up a, uh, a couple of weeks ago on Dynamite, wasn't it? Where um, uh, Tully gave um, Sean Spears the the glove, the loaded glove, and um, that and that's what. So on then on Dark this week, Sean Spears used that loaded glove uh, to get a win over Pineapple Pete. Do you remember this? How does that relate to Lance Archer and Joey Janela? Oh, sorry. I thought you were talking about the next segment because we've got, we've got a recap of Dark. Sorry. <laughs> do apologize. Um, I, I mean, I don't watch Dark. So I was I trying know. to connect the dots. Sorry. My bad. Um, I was jumping forward to the next segment. But yeah, I, well, I, I, is it a storyline from Dark? Didn't know, mate. Sorry. Hmm. Uh, well, I, my next segment is SCU versus FTR. Yeah, it was just a small recap we got of Dark. Then we got the SCU versus FTR match, the acronym match. Um, and... <laughs> It's not an acronym. Why not? Because an acronym you have to be able to say, like oh, scuba or tannoy, whereas an initialism is just a sequence of letters, like FTR or SCU. There you go. Every day's a school day, and I've learned something today. Thank you very <laughs> much, uh, Mr. Ollie Davis. Um, but like, I, I loved this match absolutely loved this match and it was it was it was a match that was so good and so great that this morning when i spoke to to louis dangle before you joined our morning call and he said um because he's he watched AEW for uh for fightful's review uh, and he said what did you think of the show and i was like oh i loved it i thought the tag match was so good and he was like yeah it was fun and i was like i was like come on man come on this was so <laughs> so great i thought i i said last week that 
FTR really needed, like a, a good match, like a really, really good match to announce that they're here properly. I felt last week's wasn't at that level to sort of undo all the bad booking WWE did for them in that last year. We know they're great, but I, I'm, I'm concerned that the larger audience might not. And <clears throat> this was that match. I thought this was an excellent tag team match in that there were so many spots built around the fact that it's a tag match. I just, I, I was constant. It was like spot after spot after spot. I go, oh, that's great. That's yeah. a great use of having two men attacking two other men. Uh, there was a moment, just the one that stood out to me was, I think it was Dax was sort of on the, he, he, he someone had him in a rear hold, sort of like mm. a German suplex position. And maybe it was Kaz on the ring apron and he had his arms. So they were sort of, that they had Dax trapped and Cash Wheeler leapfrogs over the German suplex position and breaks it up, breaks that grip up with his sort of like a senton drop. Yeah. So just brilliant. There's, I mean, I really like the fact that to lead into the ad break, it wasn't your typical someone does a dive, raw rolls on ad break. It, it was all character based. It was they got into an argument. <clears throat> Uh, and and brawled and that's what led into the ad break which i thought was quite fresh and quite different and it was just all back and forth stuff i particularly as well like jr talking about how ftr respect the rules and he hmm. talks about how they are very like they like to point out that they're holding onto the tag rope and jr was like you know what we've got a lot of teams here who would see that tag rope and not know what it is but FTR do because they respect the art form of tag team wrestling. So I thought was, you know, some really, really nice stuff in there from commentary. It's kind of like ring camp for tag team wrestling. Yeah. 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 The ring is sacred. Yeah, yeah. They're like they're heels, but I really respect them because they, they do have a code. Yeah. Uh, and I, love been... it. I, I was going to say, I, you know, it's really sad that QT Marshall uh, has tested as sort of no, he hasn't tested positive, but he's self-isolating. Uh, I I think this was a much better match than what the American Nightmares could have had, or the Nightmare, whatever. Uh, I, I thought it was so nice to see Christopher Daniels in the ring. I'm a, yeah. I'm a Christopher Daniels mark, and he doesn't really get enough opportunities to showcase his stuff. Yeah, no, completely agree. Uh, and yeah, FTR picked up the win with the Shadow Machine. Such a good showing for them. But SCU looked great coming out of it as well. So like they don't look like they're rubbish heading into their six-man tank that they've got with Dark Order at and then afterwards dax cuts this amazing promo about how the young bucks have now graduated from the kiddie table to face the real uh to face the big boys so that was a really really cool line and then butcher and blade like just get into their truck or as you quite eloquently put it was uh the butch it was the blade and dr robotnik so the butcher has, you know, sort of had that big moustache look for a while now. But there was something about him with his, <laughs> his hands on the wheel, hunched over. I was like, it's Dr. Robotnik. Yeah, it was amazing. Um, and I think there might have been a slight bit of mistiming here because I think the reveal of the Lucha Brothers was supposed to come when Blade says, our tag yeah. team, our partners have got zero fear. But they kind of like pulled the trigger a bit early and the Lucha Brothers were in the ring. But holy Haggins, when they, I was literally like, <gasps> Lucha Brothers are back. And Pentagon and Phoenix take out FTR and they hit their um, their pile driver thing, the, the package pile driver. Uh, and yeah, so it's going to be an eight-man tag match at Fighter Fest. It's the Lucha Brothers and Butcher and Blade versus FTR and the Young Bucks. Oh, oh, mama. Oh, mate, that sounds so good. And what a genius way to kind of 
continue the FTR Young Buck storyline. Don't you don't give us that match straight away, which they've got to be doing it all out. But you put them on the same team. I think it's great. I'm, I'm I cannot wait for that match. I, I'll be honest. Out of there's a lot of matches announced for week two of Fighter Fest. That's the match I'm most looking forward to. I I'm I'm there with you. It's incredible. You know what? That should probably be the tag division, right? Oh no, wait. That isn't even the tag title match because no. there after that we got a really really nice different kind of video package to build that tag team championship match between Hangman Page and Kenny Omega, the champions, and Trent and Chucky e. T, the challengers. And the way they framed the dynamic of this was so interesting. It's the best friends versus the best wrestlers. Yeah. So what is more important in a match? Is it being on the level with each other and knowing each other inside and out, being best friends? Or is it just being really good professional wrestlers? And it, it's, it's such a genius way to explore what Paige and Omega have been going through since they won the belts. Absolutely loved Omega's promo in this, uh, you know, and it was following on from the fact that Trent and Chucky talked about how they've been a tag team for a while. They've been best friends for years, but they've never been tag champions anywhere. They've never, they've never held tag team gold together. And Kenny Omega was like, you know, we were thrown together as a tag team. We're not even, we're not best friends, but we are the best wrestlers. So we got thrown together as a tag team and now we're the champions. We don't need years of friendship to, to build this. We're just the best wrestlers. I'm, and then you've got JR talking about uh, you know, them not being on the same page. You've got Tony Schiavone talking about it. You've got Excalibur saying, like, I was there for the genesis <laughs> of best friends. There was, I thought it was fabulous, absolutely fabulous stuff. And it really, really hyped. Like, it did so much more for this tag match than if they'd done a big Paul Apart brawl. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely loved it. I ju I'm just getting excited now about Kenny Omega and Hangman Page. And when they eventually combust and Kenny, they go singles, maybe go away from each other for a bit. Kenny Omega, I think, should be the one to take the belt off Moxley eventually. And then who's his first challenger? Hangman Page. Oh, that's what think, I want to see. Do you think we might get a title change? Uh, at Fighter Fest, you know, across the three titles that we've got, do you see them changing the belt at any uh, and to anyone? No, I don't actually. No, Best everyone's friend, sort yeah. of too new. Uh, Moxley, the, the 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 biggest chance I think would be Moxley vacating. Well, I was going to say the the biggest one for me might possibly be Best Friends uh, beating Page and Omega for the straps, but I don't think they will. Like like you, I agree. I don't think we are going to get any title changes. But of of the four, the one that I am I'm the most like, oh, I don't know which way it's gonna go is that tag match. Yeah. Um after that we got the cage, the Brian Cage squash match that we've already talked about. Uh Brody Lee's backstage asking Colt Cabana to join him in this match against SCU, which they booked. A nice continuation of sort of not just Cabana's descent into the Dark Order, but also Christopher Daniels's long running feud with the faction. Uh Britt Baker has big swole appears next to Britt Baker and Britt's like, ah, look, I've got my plexiglass shield. Yeah. So Britt gets some trash and dumps it in there. Brilliant. Yeah. So Britt had um, taken a piece of paper up to Tony through her pulley system where she said that she was in that dumpster last week for eight to 10 hours 
but Big Swall is still the biggest piece of trash on this roster. So that was a really funny line. As yeah, Big Swall gets in the face. I also love the fact that that carried because like that segment ended quite chaotically into the next match. And you can hear Tony shouting at Britt Baker and having an argument with her about how he's trying to do his job, but she's shouting at him about the rubbish and stuff. So good. Um, just are we, run- we going to get a Tony versus Britt match? <laughs> oh, I'd love it. No, dude, it's it's Britt versus Aubrey. That's the match. Um, just to run through what we're getting at Fighter Fest, uh, it's Jurassic Express versus MJF and Wardlow. Um, yes. Private Party versus Santana and Ortiz. Um, Hikaru Shida versus Penelope Ford. Cody versus Hager and Paige and Omega versus Best Friends. That's, that's just next week's uh, show. And then week two, Joey Janela versus Lance Archer. Nyla Rose in action. SEU versus The Dark Order. Orange Cassidy versus Chris Jericho. The Bucks and FTR versus Butcher and Blade and Lucha Brothers. And Moxley versus Cage. Hey, if we're not getting the AEW title match, just give the eight-man tag an hour. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh, so after this match, we sorry, after the Brit segment, we got Santana taking on Matt Hardy. This was a late change because Sammy Guevara has been suspended, if you haven't seen, uh, because of inappropriate comments he made about Sasha Banks four years ago resurfaced. Uh, he's been yeah suspended without pay. His pay has been donated to a women's shelter in the meantime, and he's gone to sensitivity training. I For, for, for my part, I think AEW have handled both sort of allegations and circumstances at their roster very, very well. I, I agree. Absolutely agree. I thought they handled, and you know, and shout out to Sasha as well, who I thought handled it with a lot of class, really, mm. really handled that with class and, and AEW as well. I think that all parties uh, have acted, you know, very, very well on this. So yeah, credit to all of them. Um, so this was broken Matt Hardy taking on Santana. It was, it was a decent match. You know, I think uh, it's, it's, Matt hasn't caught fire in the in the way I I would have hoped I I think in AEW, uh, maybe it's because he's a character that works a lot better with a crowd. Yeah. Um. But I I yeah, think this, this was well, fine because it's it, the, Matt Hardy's always been that guy which is just like oh the character is so good but then the bell rings and Matt's wrestling style hasn't really evolved a lot over the last twenty twenty five years and it's it doesn't always lead to the most, it doesn't lead to the best matches, unfortunately. And I think you're right. Like you do need that crowd there because the, the crowd are effectively are the ones who kind of carry Matt through the match. I'm not saying he's a bad wrestler or anything. It's just that I think that the, the sport has completely grown out, like outgrown him really. Mm. Um, and I was also then, that was, was a bit of a shame that he was the one that picked up the win. I thought if anything, because they're facing private party at fighter fest, they should be getting the win here over the guy who's mentoring uh, the team. Like it'd be, it'd be like if Arn Anderson had uh, beaten Jake Hager to to build up uh, Cody <laughs> versus Hager. Yeah, I suppose you could have had Ortiz interfere in some way, maybe even do a non-finish. Although I do respect AEW not really doing non-finishes. Um, but yeah, so after Matt won, Ortiz attacked him. They beat him up, and Private Party took their sweet time running down for the save. Well, they did explain that on commentary saying like the locker rooms are quite far away. They're far away from the, uh, from the arena. Um, and then the main event, and it really is the main event. Um, I, because Jericho is a big draw. I personally, I think the main events right now should be the tag division. I think it's just, it's on fire, but from Tony Khan's numbers perspective, I totally get why this is because orange Cassidy is a proven ratings draw right now. Mm hmm. Just looking at the stats, he's in a feud with Jericho, who is your 
other major ratings draw right now, a genuine needle mover, if they're in the same program, you push that in the main event. And that's why they keep getting these the, the closing of the show finishes. And it's, oh man, do you know how good Jericho, like Jericho's so good. And Brilliant. it was, he comes out to the ring and sometimes when Jericho starts a promo, you're like, oh, I'm not sure. I'm not sure I know where, I, I don't know where you're going with this one, Chris. Because sometimes his promos can go really well and other times he can do something. It doesn't quite work. And, you know, not everything is a home run that he does. And he comes out and he tells, why did the chicken cross the road to get to the other side? You're like, okay, where are you going with this, Chris? Why did the chicken cross the road to get to the other side? It's like, uh-oh, okay, that's that's twice now. And then he does it a third time and then says, it's a, it's a, you know, it's a joke. And the first time you hear it, it's quite amusing. Second time, it's less funny. And the third time, it's annoying. That's what you are, Orange Cassidy. And I was like, oh my God, genius. What a genius way to break down the Orange Cassidy character. Hilarious the first time you've seen it because you've never seen anything like it. But if you watch five Orange Cassidy matches back to back, the fifth one is not going to be as funny as that first one. It's a genius bit of commentary on, on the Orange Cassidy. I, I absolutely loved it. And then he goes one further. He says, look, when there was talk of you being signed to AEW, I went to Tony Khan and I said, he's an embarrassment to the business. And he brought up all of that stuff that Orange Cassidy's loudest detractors accused the gimmick of. I do, and, he, he sunk, and this is Jericho's genius here. And he, the, I don't think there is anyone better than him at it. And that is he can completely tear down someone. He can completely dismantle his opponent's character and somehow put him over like a million bucks at the same time. Yeah. So you are always elevating your opponent. And that means when you beat them, it's amazing. You overcame this person who's really talented. If you don't, oh, it's because this other person's amazingly talented. I just, just a masterclass in how to treat this stuff. Yeah, I thought it was absolutely brilliant. And in the end, like Orange Cassidy grabs the microphone. And I thought, oh man, we're going to get a Cassidy promo. No Cassidy promo. He just puts the mic down and he does his gimmick. He does the thing that Jericho was, he's like, you don't, you come after me with that, that fake super kick stuff. I'm not, I'm not into it. And that's what he does. He does the kicks. He does the super kick. And then Jericho breaks the glasses. Huge brawl breaks out between them. They got the ground to the crowd. Jericho hits him with the camera jib, which starts bleeding from the ear. Um, and then at the end, uh, Cassidy does this huge Superman punch to send Jericho off the stage uh, through a table. It was a really, really cool brawl to, to end the show. I, I, I was wicked. I, I thought it was absolutely awesome. Really, really good stuff. Um, and overall, just a, a terrific interview, really. Uh, the interview, sorry, it's because I've, I've just opened the Patreon uh, shout outs and someone have written an interview there. Uh, it, just a, a really good episode. I, yeah. And this was, you know, Raw was fine, but this was the first time since the whole speaking out movement began that I've, I've actually found wrestling to be a nice escape again so yeah. thank you aw for that yeah um, before... the, sorry, sorry the only other thing to mention as well uh, during the ftr match was dax threw up the four um oh, yeah he did which you know cody also did last week man mm. cody sean spears ftr tully and arm take my money <laughs> yeah i mean i'm into it um so as super chat ariel 
an aerial roto. Mm-hmm. It's like just a string of letters and vowels. Uh, time for Mox to do Roddy Piper in WCW and spend the week in lockdown raving and seething. Yeah, I'd like to see that. Promos from Mox at home, bored out of his mind. Mm. Uh, the bad one, Ryan B. Bad. Other wrestling couples to keep an eye on for now will be the spouses of Spears, Swole Baker, depending on WWE's testing. Well, I suppose, yeah, because they're all in WWE, aren't they? <laughs> Peyton Royce, um, Cedric Alexander, and Adam Colbay, Bay. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Jonathan Hedman, I would like to see Eli Drake go to AEW and feud with MJF. Think of the promos. I'm homesick with the flu, but I live really close to full sale, so who knows, LOL. Oh, oh, oh dear. Oh, crikey. Uh, I think Eli Drake and MJF would sort of be too similar. Yeah. Me. I've also, I mean, I don't know. I've never really been sold on Eli Drake. Like, hmm. I think he's fine, but like, I, I don't, when he was like really hot in impact, I saw people go like, oh my God, he's the next rock. And I was like, eh, it's all right, like. Uh, Axe Adapter. Starks went from TNT title match with Cody to getting the crap kicked out of him by Marco Stunt. Oh, yeah? Is that on Dark? So it? it must have been on a, a Lumberjack, maybe with the Lumberjacks? I don't know. Yeah, unless I it didn't was on spot Dark, him. yeah. Phil 180. If Mox Cage does end up being cancelled, simple solution for the first week of Fighter Fest, Championship Wednesday! There you go. Thank you very much, uh, Phil. Send that across to Tony Khan. Uh, I'm sure he could need the suggestion at the moment. Lena Bliss. Technically, Cody didn't defend the title this week. I thought that. Yeah, I think they made mention of this on commentary, saying that he's not going to defend the title this week. But yeah, you're absolutely right. He did not defend it this week. Only been three weeks. Hashtag three-week push for the TNT title. Sawyer, Luchasaurus does have a finisher called Extinction Level Event that he performs with Jungle Boy. It's like a two-person cutter of sorts. I agree he needs to add the meteor- a meteora to his moveset. Mm. Oh, no, I tweeted him. Oh, I no, I tweeted mate. him. Oh, no. He's going to think I'm an idiot. <laughs> I look up to him. <laughs> oh, well, I mean, you're not going to enjoy this next one from Arthur Fleck, I don't think. Luchasaurus is very overrated, stupid effing gimmick main event guy. Not for me. Him and Marco Runt are holding Jungle Boy back, the real star in Jurassic Express. Oh, dear. Oh, well, everyone's entitled to their opinion, Arthur. I couldn't disagree more. You're right. Everyone is entitled to their uh, opinions, even when they're wrong, which Arthur (laughs) is. Uh, Nick Corvello. I'm, I'm, I'm kidding, obviously. Nick Corvello, can I say how much I love the FTR, Butcher and Blade feud? It's my favourite tag feud right now for not only having old school matches, fights, but also having gang warfare vibes like movies like Warriors or Gangs of New York. Oh man, if one of them can get some beer bottles and be like, FTR, come out to play, yay! Injection 2K, Louis hates the eight-man tag at Fighter Fest. I don't know why. Did he say that? I yeah, he posted on Twitter that he doesn't like it. I bet he just wants it to be the FTR versus... He just wants straight-up tag team wrestling. None of this high-spot nonsense. <laughs> uh, and House of Fjord, Roddy versus MJF on the mic. Who do you choose to win? You well, know, MJF's fantastic, but Roddy. I was going to say, there's no one better than Roddy. Absolutely no one better than Roddy. Um, Rich McCann says, my wrestling Mount Rushmore is probably Y2J, Savior Jericho, Lionheart <laughs> Jericho, and Le Champion. Can't argue with that. Uh, Michael Dominguez wants to know if you're feeling better, Ollie. 
I, uh, I a bit better. Yeah, thank you very much. I've now got hay fever and a cold sore to deal with. Oh, mate, those cold sores. I've got one right in the front of my lip at the moment. Uh, mm. Yeah, it's not great. Uh, Anton H, studies show COVID antibodies last two to three months only. Oh, that's that's worrying, isn't it? Because, you know, I was kind of hoping that if you've had it once, hey, that's it. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, I I found out today as well while listening to another podcast that if you do get it, you can still have like some of the symptoms months later, particularly a cough. You can have like a real chesty cough for like months later. Yeah. Mm. Um, Michael Dominguez said, uh, remember how you thought there would be no news during, <laughs> during COVID-19? You think Randy Edge should be uh, used as Tully and Arn? They could do so much more than bore us. Um, I think Randy and Edge obviously have a lot more time left in them as in-ring performers. Autumn more than Edge, I suppose. Uh, so no, no, not, not yet uh, anyway. Um, but yeah, I cannot believe. I, I mean, was... I wish, yeah, we were preparing for a lot of evergreen content because news was going to dry up, which, you know, I, I think is the right thing to do. Oh, yeah. Because we shouldn't have wrestling shows right now. But, and we did say, like, it was just after WrestleMania, I think, or it was like the week before WrestleMania, you said to us in a meeting call, like, I think we've got one more week of news and then that'll be it. Like a week yeah. tops is what we've got left. It was two months ago. And if then it was, we've got more news than ever. Big Butter Jesus Gaming, get well soon, Mrs. Moxley. Much love, WrestleTalk peeps. Hashtag jam that jam. Jam that jam. Maybe so text, uh, not text her that, tweet her that. I'm sure that, because then she'll actually see it. Yes. But that's very My nice of you. Mike Capelli, uh, combat sports have interim titles all the time. Have Cage beat someone for it, then hype up. He's the real champion going for unification match with Moxley. Yeah, I don't think you want Brian Cage as your champion right now. I love him, but, it, you know, that would it, it, it would lessen the title uh, somewhat. Yeah. Uh, Daniel Flores. Hello, guys. Great job. Greetings from Mexico. Thank you. Greetings Hola. from London. Honor. Uh, sadly, from Let's Talk Wrestling, he's falling out of love with Wrestle Talk. Oh, why is that, mate? Yeah, why is give that? Us Let a, us know. Yeah, give us an email at support yeah. at wrestletalk.com. Indeed. Uh, Jesse Venable, love Quizzlemania, jam that jam. Thank you for the consistent coverage over this tough topic that is sweeping through the industry we all love. Yeah, it's been tough, but thank you, everyone, for being so open to, to a conversation, especially on Monday's episode. Um, apparently, if you Google Florida man and your birthday, um, sorry, hang on, what is it? What was it? Uh, Google Florida man and your birthday joke of USA. Um, oh, right. Okay. Because apparently if you like, if you Google Florida man and your birthday, there will be a news article that is about a Florida man doing something awful. So <laughs> mine is, uh, 14th of December, Florida man arrested for biting boys out of frustration. Uh, Florida man. Does it have to be the year? Uh, no, just your birthday. Fine. Um, <laughs> Florida man believed he was half man, half dog. <laughs> <laughs> when he fatally attacked someone. Crikey. He bit a guy's face off while what? making growling noises. Bloody hell. But so, Disneyland's yeah. in, in Florida. It's on, in Orlando. Which is in Florida. Anyway, uh, Jobber JJ, Orange Cassidy did it better than Becky Lynch. Now, come on, mate. Let's let's not get ahead of ourselves here. <laughs> uh, the beef was well cooked. Eight man tag. Holy hell. Slash tag meat slap. It will always be Pentagon RIP segways. Yeah. Did you see that? 
Yeah, dude. Like I saw it in your news video. Uh, that the the Segway are closing. Why are they closing up shop? They're so much fun. Uh, no one buys them. Oh, uh, well, yeah. Is the thing. So they they were projected to sell a hundred thousand units in their first year. How many do you think they sold in their twenty years of existence? Eighty thousand. A hundred and forty thousand. Uh, okay. It's a bit more, but yeah, yeah. Uh, William, Tor- <laughs> William Tallman, just in Florida, um, when you, uh, what do you get when you have a reality host and a failed reality guy as the president? Yeah. Uh, let's talk wrestling. Ah, oh, nice. Alex is back. Uh, shame she tweeted. Uh, oh, right. I- I'm guessing it's because Alex is going to be on the show. Shame she tweeted F men. Uh, I don't believe you would have a man on the show if they tweeted F women. I'm out. Yeah, I think okay. that was it-, it was. it was more of a general comment that she was making about the uh, the 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 bad men it's uh yeah i I wouldn't take that too much to heart mate uh jesse animals uh luke damn man uh i'm i'm glad you keep bringing it home i wonder if that's about uh quizzlemania i am still reigning quizzlemania champion you Um, got the fist trophy (laughs) not yet we definitely send it round um michael dominguez what's the countdown for black uh, black wednesday appearances um so all the people that got fired so that'd be Uh, mid-july mid-july i think it is yeah um i think it's like actually the second week of fighter fest or like the second week yeah Ooh. maybe just after like slammiversary week it is yes um brian medina um could you see brian cage versus Murderhawk to replace the match if moxie doesn't go ahead i wouldn't mind that uh, as mm. a number one contenders match yeah yeah um thank you to denzel vance for your donation and the message and lastly rangers mayhem um uh listen to dumb people town podcast from the comedian skyler brothers for funny florida stories well well we will do that thanks for the recommendation and speaking of heavy sacks our mailbag is bulging at the moment with so much awesome correspondence from you all. Where, where, wait, wait, wait. Where were we talking about heavy sacks? We were, well, we were talking about balls. So in I the intro, an yeah. hour ago. Yeah, yeah, totally. For the, for the listeners. Yeah. They all, and do you know what? I'm actually going to now work out a way for the last thing that I say at the end of the super <laughs> chats. Is about heavy sacks, so it will nicely segue into this outro okay. portion here that okay. we have not recorded yet. Well, let's um, dive in to the heavy well, sack. Let us dive in here. We've got this email in from Charlotte, who says, um, "Firstly, I would very much like to say how I enjoy the content you provide. Secondly, wasn't sure the best way to express my views after Ollie's uh, news on Monday. I think my ramble may be too long to comment or tweet. I'm a 32 year old female fan who has been a wrestling fan since the 90s. Started watching WCW with my dad before progressing to WWE. Stopped watching in 2006 for various reasons, but the main reason I came back was the advances in women's wrestling around 2016. My gentleman partner." introduced me to wrestle talk in 2018 and i've been a patreon ever since oh. I, wanted, I wanted to address ollie's comments about how you as a channel can attract more female viewers and i uh, and i have many thoughts on this matter 
Firstly, the reason I like the channel so much is how open, honest, and positive the team are in the way you report news and provide entertainment. I never feel like you're excluding anyone, and the fact you ask on how to better yourselves only proves this point more. I feel as long as you continue to provide a platform for open discussion, continue to include other part presenters like SoCal Val and Lolo Brow on Parts of Unknown, then the platform will naturally attract the type of audience you currently have, an audience that supports you and others. You're all wonderful human beings who I would love to share a pint with and play board games with. Your new, sorry, your unique, that's not easy to say, your unique smart reporting and positivity is something you cannot replicate. Keep shining a light on uncomfortable topics and providing humor in dark times and you'll do just fine. Sorry for the lengthy ramble. I just hope uh, you're all, uh, I hope, Sorry, I hope you all for the best, and I look forward to the content that has 30-year-old men trying to determine the identity from nipples and bad tattoos. Remember, <laughs> jam that jam, Charlotte. Thank you very much, Charlotte. What I'm hearing there is, we don't have to do anything. We're doing it already. <laughs> uh, of course not. We're, we will still do I mean, but on, on the show that you would have just listened to, we would have had the announcement of Luke's co-host for tomorrow's podcast. Indeed, yes, we have got the return, uh, well, from Quizzlemania, former Quizzlemania champion, Queen of the Ring, Alex, will be joining me on the Rest Talk podcast tomorrow, where we're going to be discussing some potentially huge SummerSlam plans that is an exclusive from WrestleTalk.com's Louis Danger Dangor that could go either way at the moment. It's very interesting how we could see this progress. So, uh, yeah, Alex and I are going to dive into that as well as the Patreon mailbag questions. I love plans and reports. These are, this is our own report as well that could go either way. Oh, yeah. <laughs> like, hey, hey, exclusively, we don't know what's going to happen. <laughs> <laughs> but it's exclusive. But it could happen. Oh, it's exciting. It um, is but yeah, yeah, that, yeah, hopefully that is the first step of us trying to be even, even more accommodating and welcoming to, to people on the other side of the gender to us. We also had this email in that I thought was very interesting because it leads on from the conversation you and I were having on Tuesday's podcast about the term lady partners. Uh, this comes in from Shane, uh, who says, my name is Shane from Chicago, uh, but I moved to D.C. slash Virginia area for the wine business. Uh, D.C., Virginia, I'm pretty sure. Actually, and Chicago is where Daniel Bryan is from. Uh, first up, greatly enjoy the show, especially recently as you've addressed the current issues plaguing the wrestling world and tact, well, with tact and empathy. And on that note, you'd mentioned making some changes to your vocabulary to benefit today's society. And I think you should explore the lady partner one a bit further. And here's why. It's not a sexist term, it's homophobic. Now, this is surely subliminal on the part of you both as you've proven to be cool, sensitive dudes in the best senses of the word, but these things are insidious. Just saying your partner is plenty good and established, but it does leave the ball in one's court to interpret that lack of gender or pronoun, and that can be open and that can open the door for raised eyebrows and awkward conjecture among friends and strangers. So while the term lady partner does clear that up for those started, stated before, it also undermines the confidence that a homosexual couple has to have to present themselves every day. How? Because the scenario would play out as such. Oh, I was talking to my partner yesterday about X. The audience is left to wonder, is that a guy, a girl, non-binary? But of course, why would that matter? So one would present, uh, present and move on. Versus, oh, I was talking to my lady partner yesterday about why. No confusion there. But it also gives the people looking to uh, pounce on the ambiguity of partner some measures of relief. Not quite all lives matter, but I think saying lady partner is a preemptive strike to avoid criticism, critic, critique, and ridicule. 
Luke, you mentioned before that this was an evolution because you were using the term girlfriend and found that you were too old to keep using that comfortably. And while I get that to some degree, I'm also a Gen X liberal urban 42-year-old that used a partner many times to refer to my non-wife, but above a girlfriend. And I, and if people didn't get that, F them. At least that's hmm. how we would say it here. I hope this makes some sense and illustrates how it can be more juvenile, in fact, to uh, put a quantifier in front. Food for thought, but also keep in mind you're doing a great job exploring non um, nomenclature. <laughs> I would, nomen nomenclature nomen i can never say the word nomenclature there you go uh that we're all guilty of using and abusing if you have any questions about what's happening in the states of big city right now just let me know thank you so much guys keep up the excellent work shane yeah so i i got this email too we were we were it was sent to us both and yeah it made me made me reflect it made me feel mm. and while i yeah it's lady partner definitely from us was more of a it's like we don't want to say girlfriend but partner also said, like, girlfriend seems too immature, but partner seemed too serious. Yeah. So, like, it's almost saying my lady partner is is a silly way of saying girlfriend. But no, I, I think I think you're right, though. I, I, I agree. I think saying lady partner is almost preemptively uh, dismissing the fact that it's, it's almost like you, you say that so people can't accuse you of being gay. So mm. it's, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I I will I will retire saying lady partner or at least attempt to. I think um I think with this stuff you kind of have to make the mistakes first yes. before you realize it. I remember at uni when um you know because to say something was gay was a standard part of everyone's vocabulary back then because it was like interchangeable for being a bit naff unfortunately. That was just the way the noughties were. It's e e even in Shaun of the Dead um so, but, it, and I said that on like my first week and the first openly homosexual person I'd ever met who was called Big Gay Dave by his own, that's his own titling. He was the president of the student union. He just took me to one side and said, don't do that again. And I was, I was like, I never thought about this before. So yeah, it is, uh, yeah, it's good. We're, we're all learning. We're all learning. Absolutely. Did you see, Um, you know, when they first, like well, we first went into lockdown, which I think was six years ago. Um, that Nick Frost and Simon Pegg did almost like a recreation of that Shaun of the Dead scene of like what the plan is. And they addressed that, um, that you know, all right, gay. Mm. Being like, it's actually, it was, a, it was a comment. It wasn't supposed to be homophobic. It was actually just a comment on uh, insecure masculinity uh, about showing one's emotions. Yeah. And I think it's weird because a lot of our humor, I would say, is, is actually more meant self-depreciating that we are in no place to say this sort of stuff and it's about our own insecurities but that now i think yeah because we do have such a large platform which is great do have to be a bit more mindful and responsible about it absolutely yeah and like and you are right as well like in the sense of the lady partner was done to me like it's it's funny in a way that i felt like i was too old to be saying girlfriend because i was in my mid-20s which really isn't that old it just it just huh. felt like something you would say when you were at school um but lady partner was supposed to be as supposed to sound as juvenile as possible. So it was almost like re reverse childishness. Mm. Um, but yes, but I think you are also right that perhaps it is perhaps it, perhaps it is time that we did retire that phrase. Um, so now we're just going to be calling them wenches instead. I mean, I, I mean, I, I mean, I, I've always, I just started calling them wife anyway, uh, wife partner. Um, my dad has my mum saved in his phone as woman. 
and they, <laughs> and they both find it hilarious. <laughs> it's just a it's different, different, different age, different age. <laughs> It was a different time. Also, the thing I did want to address as well uh, from Connor, uh, who uh, listened up to the Raw Review podcast um, and said that the Fox story in the outro stopped me in my tracks. Um, maybe I'm being oversensitive here. I heard you wrong, but I found your description of loud foxes as, quote, just raping the hell out of each other as inappropriate. Your Fox story came across as an attempt as a funny anecdote. Even if it was not meant to be funny, I found your apparent poor word, poor word choice very inappropriate given the current speaking out campaign movement. If the word choice can has been acknowledged in the same outro, I might have felt differently. Okay, yeah, I can see that. Unfortunately, that is what happens, though. That that isn't a consensual thing on the fox's part. So I was I was literally describing something. Um, I'm sorry you were offended, but no, I I can't really apologise for that. Um, Laramie has emailed in to say, "Hi, Luke and Nolly. I'm currently sitting in my living room watching both NXT and AEW. How do you do? Do you do that on different screens, on a tablet, and on the TV?" I guess so. That's so distracting. I would hate that. I've only done it once in my in my entire life, and that was the uh, January episode of Impact when they went head to head with Raw, um, and it was one where Bret Hart had come back to for January fourth, twenty ten. Exactly. Yeah. So it, it was Impact's debut on Monday night, and it was the return of Bret Hart, and that's the only time I've ever watched two shows simultaneously. And I did not enjoy it much. And I, <laughs> and I, once the Brett thing had been done uh, in the intro segment, I pretty much just found myself exclusively watching Impact. Um, and then I think I went back to the, the, the second Brett segment at the end with Vince. But yeah, like, but I, I found it very difficult to watch both at the same time. Man, anyway. that I would love to go back, and that should be a Wrestle Talk extra one day where we review both shows. I would yeah. love to go back and watch that episode of Impact. Um, but this is something we uh, probably will have uh, addressed in the show itself. Uh, Laramie says, um, uh, I have a slight issue I had with AEW in the beginning. I was watching the Lumberjack match, counting how irresponsible it is for them to have that many people that close together. As I live in Florida, actually about five minutes away from Daly's place. And the looking at the state's new surge of cases in the last week, 15,000 new cases in five days, which is approximately... 15% of total take cases in Florida. I can't look at this without thinking of the serious problem, even though Duval County, Jacksonville, has a relatively low percentage of people who, uh, with confirmed cases, 2,000 people in a city of almost a million, whereas Martin County, where I'm originally from, has four, uh, 1,400 cases and a population of 100,000. It's still a risk that I don't think is worth taking. I also condone WWE has been handling their crowd situation, and I'd hope that AEW would set a better example. Yeah, it's 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 absolutely insane, and and it's if this if all like the speaking out movement hadn't happened, I I think I would be more outraged about it. Unfortunately, I'm I'm a bit emotionally exhausted, and I don't feel like I'm giving this the venom it deserves. But it's we've been saying this for months. We said this all all the all the way back in March and April, and of course it's happened. And what makes it even more frustrating is that it's happened almost completely preventably because it's not the first wave is i saw a brilliant thing from casually explained it was work it was all about working from home and he's there was a line in it where, where it said um uh you, you can't have a second wave if the first one never ends <laughs> i thought bloody hell that's exactly what's happened over there yeah 
Uh, and lastly, before we get out of here, shout out to Jonathan Hedman, who has sent in a WrestleTalk Get Better. He said uh, on the WrestleTalk Get Better front, the weight keeps dropping off. I now weigh in at 300 pounds down from 430 on November 1st. Whoa. I was, I was finally able to wear my CM Punk t-shirt that I've never been able to wear. And it feels great. My goal is to physically uh, is to. My goal is to be physically fit to go on a mission trip to the Philippines this January or whenever travel is allowed again. Keep up the fantastic work. Uh, it really helps me on my down days. Jam that jam. Jonathan, their headmaster, Hedman, said, Luke, where did you come up with that nickname? I believe that was actually one of your nicknames. Yeah, the headmaster. It's uh, it's the top of uh, like the, the, the highest person in the school. Of all the mm. teachers, you have a head teacher. I don't know if they have that in the States. Uh, Principals I mean, it- they have. Yes, they are principals or deans at, mm. uh, at, at colleges. But yes, it's a headmaster over here. Or it could have been a reference to the Transformers spin-off series, The Headmasters. <laughs> um, right, well, let's draw this to a close. Ollie's got to go put a T-shirt on for the actual live stream of this show. Um, but thank you all so much for listening. Yeah, myself and Alex will be doing the Rest Talk podcast tomorrow, talking about some SummerSlam plans that may or may not happen. It's the best kind of reporting. And uh, Pete and Andy will be doing the SmackDown review again on Saturday. Both shows are returning this week. And as we gear up towards Extreme Rules. Thank you all so much for listening. Take care. I love you. Goodbye. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.